good evening. I'm Logan K. Coming up on Live Line, we'll be taking a look into the headlines like California Governor Gavin Newsom's recall election tomorrow. Uh, what's going on with tropical developments down in Texas and off the coast of the Carolinas? And so, so much more. Live Line starts right now. From New Talk Studio, here's Live Line with Logan K. That's our new opening. We'll give you a minute to listen to that. Welcome to Live Line. It is September 13th, 2021. We've been off for about a month, but that's because we were testing the show out and people really liked it. So, today we got a lot going on. Here's the top headlines from CNN. Cardiac patient died after he couldn't get an ICU bed in 43 hospitals. His family is pleading for people to get vaccinated. Kentucky doctor, I literally have no idea what we're going to do on Friday. Massachusetts activates up to 250 National Guard troops to drive school vans. It may take many, many more vaccine mandates to end the COVID-19 pandemic, Dr. Fauci says. Louisiana Department of Health aware of plans of nursing homes to use warehouse for evacuation site. New York City now enforcing COVID-19 vaccine requirements for most indoor activities. And departing FDA leaders say COVID vaccines don't need a booster right now. All that and more coming up. It's a big rainmaker. Elisa Brady, Fox News. Tropical storm Nicholas is heading for the central Texas coast. An expected landfall later today, and threatening up to 20 inches of rain. Fort Bend County Judge KP George. Chain formed is the most important things because this storm is developing, and every step of the way it can change. The National Hurricane Center says the storm is now closer to hurricane strength. Top sustained winds of 65 miles per hour and about 85 miles south southwest of Matagorda, Texas. The Houston in ship channel suspending activity and there's concern about heavy rain for the next few days an area still recovering from hurricane ida especially louisiana president biden getting a western wildfire briefing during a visit to idaho and california and linking severe weather events to what he calls a serious global warming problem the scientists have warned us for years the fail failure to curb pollution from uh smokestacks and automobiles and a whole range of other things going to have a going to take its consequences. The president continuing to pitch his climate change initiatives as part of a spending plan that faces headwinds over the cost. Today, the White House said it's not accurate to call it a three and a half trillion dollar bill. Secretary of State Antony Blinken defending the Afghanistan exit at a House hearing. It was time to end America's longest war. But he says the Biden administration inherited a deadline, not a plan. Still, he's facing two days of questions from both sides of the aisle about the chaotic and deadly exit. An explosion 
mentioned during maintenance work at a South Florida casino, sending debris across the main floor earlier today at the Seminole Classic Casino Hollywood. 26 people were injured, six of them hospitalized. The cause remains under investigation, but fire officials say it appears a gas canister ruptured during work on the building's fire suppression system. America is listening to Fox News. Overwhelmed Kentucky hospitals fear the worst of federal COVID-19 assistance is scheduled to leave Friday. A COVID-19 surge in Kentucky has led to many patients at St. Clair Regional Medical Center uh, that the workers are unsure of how they'll handle the growing numbers when a medical uh, team sent by the federal government leaves Friday. The Moorhead Hospital, about 65 miles east of, Le of Lexington, is one of the hardest hit due to the influx of COVID-19 patients. It's the largest healthcare facility serving 11 counties in rural northeastern Kentucky, and as far as last week, was at 130% above capacity, according to St. Clair Healthcare CEO Donald Lloyd. Doctor, thanks for being here. I, when I spoke with the governor last week, he pointed to your hospital as one that he was concerned about. You've had, he said, you had to, you had to close operating rooms to expand ICU bed space. How do you describe what you all are up against right now? We're in a we're in a historic surge of COVID. Um, we have uh, actually, I just got off the phone right now. Our temporary ICU is also full as of about a couple of well, actually, but since last night. So we're opening a second temporary ICU right now while I'm on the phone with you. Our um, we've we have a record number of patients on ventilators and we have a record number of patients uh in respiratory failure i mean like not even record it's just we've never seen it so it seems hard to kind of um grasp i mean the fact you're having to open up another temporary icu it's um that's that is horrible for you guys yeah it's not it's not about i want to make sure i'm kind of clear about it. it's not so much about the the physical space, although that's becoming a big problem, it's 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 our lack of staff. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, the only reason we're holding this uh, this lifeboat together is I have a federal uh, disaster medical assistance team here. Uh, Fourteen people who have just been heroes to us. Um, and unfortunately, their deployment is over on Friday, and I'm going to lose 14 healthcare professionals. And I don't I literally have no idea what we're going to do on Friday. But that's, I mean, it's happening. It's going to happen. I mean, that means you're going to have to what? Turn people away? No, we never, we, we will never turn anybody away. We just does, just to kind of level set that for you. We're a rural referral hospital. We're 50 or 60 miles from any other hospital that has our capability. We don't turn anybody away. We're going to have to, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, I really don't feel like answering that question right now, but it because it, it's so disturbing. But we're not we're never gonna turn anybody away, you know. So I respect that. I, I totally understand. It's hard to it's hard to I, I I'm guessing it's hard to look even to Friday when you gotta survive today. Just uh, you gotta you gotta keep people pushing. Yeah, we we um you know we we're we're trained healthcare professionals. There's just not enough of us. I I, I talk with some of my physicians over the weekend. And I said, we don't we don't have a crisis of the people we have. We just don't have enough of us. 
um, and um, you know, it, something has to give. So, you know, when, when we have to commit everything, we've, we've closed offices to bring nurses into our office who don't use, from our offices that don't usually care for patients in here. We've brought in physicians. We've brought this, this gift, which was this disaster medical assistance team, which unfortunately has to leave on Friday, but, um, but we just keep going. You know, we, that, that's, that's our mission. So we, we deal with the vulnerable and, and the marginalized, so. The biggest reason behind these surges, we know, are that people are still not vaccinated. Not enough people are vaccinated and they're resisting getting vaccinated. The president, for his part, last week said that he is losing patience um, with people who are still resisting the shot. Do you feel that way, doctor? Do you blame them? No. Um, I, think I, I think it's really important for us to, um, to really be focused. We will never be angry at a patient. These patients are afraid. Um, they have been, they have been manipulated or told that vaccination is more frightful than COVID-19 and we have to ask why. So, you know, is it because they're more fearful about loss of liberty or loss of freedom, or is it they think that the vaccine is actually more of a risk than the actual infection? And they hear that, they hear that from, from experts, right? They hear that from politicians, they hear that from, from social media and we're not here to be angry with them. We're here to help them. When they show up and they're sick, we're going to take care of them. Live line is back. Here's a song of my new upcoming album, which will be coming out very soon on BandLab. You can visit my BandLab by searching Logan K on BandLab.com. This is Liveline. This is the BBC Minutes. It will give you a real quick look at the headlines nationally. Then we'll look at what fashion means. 
in 2021, American fashion. An interesting article right after the BBC Minute. and poverty in the country is spiraling. That was a bleak assessment from the UN today as it hosted a conference on how to help the country following the Taliban takeover. Over a billion dollars was pledged for the Afghan people. Meanwhile, Afghan women online have been protesting against the Taliban's strict new dress code for female students. They're using hashtags like do not touch my clothes and sharing pictures of their colorful traditional dresses. Ukraine says some businesses such as cinemas, gyms and theaters will be allowed to operate without social distancing requirements. But only if all visitors and at least 80% of staff are at least partially vaccinated against COVID. BBC Minute. It's a huge night in fashion. The Met Gala is getting underway in New York. We'll tell you all about the celebrity looks we see on the red carpet shortly. In football, Andros Townsend of Everton is trending. He scored a goal and had an assist as they beat Burnley 3-1 in their Premier League match. 2159G. BBC Minute. Yes, in spirit of that Met Gala tonight, we're going to look at what American fashion means in 2021. Against the backdrop of a global pandemic and unprecedented political, social, and environmental crises, culture in the United States has been swayed by extraordinary forces in recent years. As a result, the fashion industry, one of the country's largest creative um, sectors, apparel and footwear was valued at $1.9 trillion in the U.S., in 2019 and among its most powerful mediums of expression has been forced to take stock. The industry has, of course, grappled with COVID-19's impact on the ability to make, present, and sell clothing, but designers and labels are also attuning themselves to less tangible complexities. During the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, for instance, fashion faced uncomfortable questions about its lack of diversity in culture. So, it'll be interesting to see what we see at that Met Gala time. The top celebrities in amazing fashion. Now, do we care about the celebrities? You know. It'll be interesting to see what's worn. I can't tell you anything about the Met Gala. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't know the theme. Uh, I even missed the VMAs last night. I want to watch it, but I didn't get no advertisement about it. I saw it playing on the CW. Because I guess, you know, SpyCon, you know, it's MTV, but I guess it's on the CW2. And I missed it. I'm like, come on. The, 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 that's the one thing that I kind of cared about, and I missed it. But, hey, it's all right. We'll be right back at 625. And if you're listening on the podcast side, this doesn't even matter. Skip this. We'll be right back. You're listening to Liveline. Welcome back to Liveline. Here is two of the three only good people on Fox News. One of them is Chris Wallace. But here is Neil Cavoto and Brett Bayer speaking on what was happening, happening as Blinken was uh, answering questions to the government over the Afghan exit. Here's what they had to say. Return. What did you make of that? Well, he's a guy that knows a lot, former CIA director, former defense secretary, someone who works with Republicans and Democrats, uh, and who knows the world. And the world and the reality is, is that terrorism is going to be a, a problem uh, in some place that is uh, 
a witch's brew of radical Islamic terrorists, and that is the Taliban-controlled Afghanistan. A couple of things, Neil, to note about Secretary Blinken's testimony and the questioning here. Towards the end, uh, when you had questions about how many Americans are on the ground, the number keeps coming back to roughly 100. Well, it's been roughly 100 for a couple of weeks from the administration, even right. after those two flights from uh, Doha went to, went to Qatar uh, from Kabul. Now it's still at roughly 100. So that number seems to be unsatisfying for Republicans, especially on that committee. Two was several thousand green card holders. How many is several thousand? Is it two? Is it three? Is it five? And did we try to get them out or not? And that is a real question. When asked about SIVs, the special immigrant visa holders, there is no number. They're trying to get a handle, the secretary said. Well, there we're told that that number is tens of thousands. So now you're looking at a situation where the people who helped us for two decades on the ground who were threatened by the Taliban are really running for their lives still. And we can't get crazy stuff going on in the news. Make sure to follow the brand new NHPCM Facebook group. Uh, I'm sorry, Facebook page to know when we're doing our next episode of Lifeline. You can also go to nhpcm.wordpress.com. I want to thank you for listening today. This has been Live Lines. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to our podcast. I'll see you next time. From NewsHawk Studio, this has been Live Line with Logan K. Thanks for listening. You can listen on demand on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and many more podcasting platforms. Make sure to check out the NHPCM Facebook page and our website, nhpcm.wordpress.com. 2021 NewsHawks, part of the Acme Media Group. Live line with Logan Cage.